because my hamstring was still bothering me. And I was like, okay, like I need to stop pretending that this is normal. Like this is not normal. I've been dealing with this ankle injury for going on three years. That's not normal. And I need to stop band-aiding it and like actually address it. So What is up, Strides for Strength fam? I'm Michaela. And I'm Erin. And we're RCA certified run coaches and the founders of Strides for Strength Run Coaching. We are here to help you build belief in yourself as an athlete on the run and beyond. The Strides for Strength podcast is running meets everyday life. We focus on mindset, physical strength, and all of life's in-between moments of self-doubt and fear, both on and off the run. Our mission is to make running simple and fun while we pull back the curtains around all things running with athlete interviews, guest experts, combined with our many years of running experience, going from non-runners to now more multiple time marathoners to help you become the athlete you were always meant to be. What is up, Strides for Strength fam? We have a special guest, Tony, on today. So Tony, why don't you tell us who you are? And we're so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm so excited to be here though, guys. And I was just thinking too, it's like the last year maybe year and a half ago that we like talked minus like Christine but she's with us in spirit but last time we talked like where you guys are and what you guys are doing like a year or so later is just like mind-blowing so I'm just really excited and like honored to be here but um obviously I know you two from coaching and stuff but I'm co-founder of Relentless Runners um Christine and I co-founded that back in 2016 so I've been a full-time running coach for over four years. I don't even know anymore at this point, which is like exciting, but, um, yeah, so that's what I do full time. And then, um, normally bounce around from town to town, like every six months because my husband plays baseball, but this past year I've been, we decided to get an apartment like full time, which is like big deal. First time doing that. Um, but really exciting. So, um, enjoying being in Pittsburgh downtown, uh, having fun with my yellow lab Brooks who doesn't run, but he's a great recovery dog. <laughs> um, my dreams were crushed at the year age of two and he decided to retire, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, and outside of, I mean, I love running myself, obviously. Um, I got into running like after college and just never looked back. I think that happens to a lot of us, but, um, but yeah, I am training for my first marathon now in a really long time. So I'm really pumped to be doing that. And just like happy to be here. I love that. I'm so excited for you and your first marathon. We'll get more into it in a little bit with about your injury and kind of how you came back to running from your injury. Um, but I'm just so excited to see what you do with the marathon and I'm pumped. I like forget what the pain is like. So I'm real nervous about that. I think I'm like very naive right now, but yeah, time will tell. It'll be fine. I'll survive. That's the goal. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about how you went from a college athlete to a runner. What sport did you play? Yeah. So, yeah. So I played soccer. Um, so I played soccer growing up, went to a D one college. I actually graduated early from high school. Um, and the second half of my senior year went to college at U of BC. And that was to have a half a year to practice with the team and kind of get caught up to speed of play before my first like fall season. So this was like the spring. Um, and I was just like on the practice squad at the time, but it really helped me be able to like jump into the speed of play by the time the spring or by the time the fall came. Um, so I was like little baby going to college, which that alone was like, probably not the best idea. Cause I had too much fun and I didn't have fun at all in high school. So I was like, <laughs> what is this world? Um, I am on my own time and it was just like disaster. So I actually almost failed out of college, um, because that first year did great in soccer. Um, <clears throat> and then decided to transfer to a school called Slippery Rock university, which is, think it's Northwest, like more North than where I'm at in Pittsburgh now. Um, but it was the best decision because the coach was super supportive of them, like getting my life back on track, getting really good grades. I had to work my butt off. Um, I end up their D2 program. I ended up playing there for a couple more years before deciding to stop playing soccer because I had a, still like some catching up to do. And so my semester hours were like massive, like 20 plus credits, like per semester. Um, so I just didn't have time really to like train, but I had, um, around that time, like my last game, I actually tore my ACL. 
So like not fun, but, um, it was after that, that I was in limbo on like what to do with like, am I going to keep playing, um, or not? And I decided not to. Um, and then my last semester of my senior year, that's when my like friends, my roommates in college, um, and the people who lived across the hall from us, which were basically our roommates, we hung out all the time, but they had been talking about running the Pittsburgh half. And I was always scared to run a 5k. Like I had friends who would do like the color run. That was like a big thing. I feel like when I was in college, like everybody did color runs. And I was always so scared because during preseason, we would do like a two mile fitness test and I would like throw up like every single time. (laughs) So I was like, there's no way I can run more than two miles. That's not my journey. Um, And then my friends were like, no, we're doing the half. So my first race was actually the Pittsburgh half marathon. Did not train properly. Longest long run is probably seven miles, um, would just run sporadically. And then I somehow like ran the race and didn't get injured. I remember being so terrified of like not finishing at all, but I did. And I like cried and I was so emotional. I'm like, that was amazing. Like, what is this? And it was just cool having that competitive feeling that I got from soccer. And so that's what kind of hooked me. Um, and at the time I was student teaching, so I used to be a health and PE teacher and my super, my student teaching supervisor was a runner. The PE program that I was a part of, all of them were like distance runners, marathoners, Boston qualifiers, all of that. So I was like the newbie runner out of all of them. And I asked her, I was like, so how long does it train for a marathon? Like how long does it take to train for a marathon? Like a year. And she's like, no, like four months. Like you just, you could do one in the fall. And so just realizing that that was something possible for me, that's when I signed up for my first full. So I ran Pittsburgh in the spring, the half, and then my first full marathon was Steamtown in the fall. And then just game over after that. I just like, the rest is truly history. (laughs) I love that. And And I guess, yeah. I think it's so relatable for so many people because they have that same journey of like playing sports in college. And then they don't really know what direction, like they know they want to be in some sort of community and they want to move their body and they still want to have that same feeling, but they don't know what direction to go. I know I can personally relate to it because I was in an adult soccer league, got kicked off the team because I was so bad and didn't know what to do with my life. (laughs) It's so weird. You go through like an identity crisis though. Cause you're like, this is all I've ever known. Like this is a part of me, kind of like how now we identify as like a runner. Like I identified as a soccer player. And so playing that for, since I was five years old, I was like, shit, like, what do I do now with like, what movement do I like? Like, I don't, I don't know anything, but yeah, it's crazy. Who am I? What do I want to (laughs) do? Yeah. (laughs) And then I was doing nothing too. I'm like, I'm doing absolutely nothing. This also isn't great. We need to figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. Man, so you signed up for your first marathon. Did you train with like your supervisor and your coworkers, or when did you like start uh, more structurally getting trained to run? <laughs> that I was a good girl that time. So that's when I was like, maybe we utilize Google and like see what's out there. Um, and I think I was also scared. I'm like, this is double the distance. So it was so funny. I remember training for my first marathon, like so vividly. So I was living with my mom, like it was the summertime. Like I was fresh out of college, decided my mom was living in ocean city, New Jersey at the time. Um, will I was freshly dating will. So he was like summer league and baseball. He he's two years younger than me. So I'm a cougar, um, but he was playing baseball. I, love that for uh, you. I did not know that just two years, but yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I lived with her and I just remember looking things up. I found, came across Hal Higdon, followed one of his plans because I did like speed stuff, you know, playing soccer. I think I did one of his more intermediate plans. So there was like workouts in there, but I didn't know what like 800s were. So I had to like, I was like, how far is 800 meters? Like, I don't know. Um, So I had to look all those things up. I remember emailing this one guy. I wish I knew the name of like this company, but I remember emailing this company because I was like, I don't know what my like paces should be or what I'm aiming for, for workouts. And I was like, so I ran, I forget what I ran for my first, uh, half marathon time, but it's like, I ran something and I was like, so do I just like double that? And that's like what I may run for my first like marathon. He's like, we need like, 
this is a big distance. <laughs> this is very different. And like reality check, I was like, and I also, I learned about Boston because I actually started running in 2013. So that was when like the Boston bombings and everything happened. And I was just like really inspired and like wanted to be a part of like the Boston marathon in general. Um, so I was like, okay, like, is this possible for me to be able to run Boston? He's like one step at a time, girlfriend. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I started to do more structured training then. Um, and yeah, I, I actually really like, I think that those programs are great for like, if you're like, I didn't even know coaching existed at the time. I don't think it was very well aware like it is now, but that was like a good, um, plan for me to follow. The good old trusty Google training plans. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. They don't completely they fail you for your first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach me everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was, I even remember my first like picture on Instagram. Like one of them was when I got into running and it was like my spread, like it was on my bed. Like I had gotten a huge GPS watch and like cliff shot blocks and a water belt. And I was like training for my first marathon. I was like so excited about it. <laughs> Isn't it so fun though, to like look back where you started versus where you're at now and what you have built with relentless runners and through your own athlete journey. And it's just so cool to see the bigger picture. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, the glow up is so real. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It is really crazy. Um, cause even back then, like it was still such a a fresh new thing wouldn't have thought that this is like where career. I would be at at all didn't yeah didn't think that I would turn a career out of running and like just like a lot of people say this out of something that I really didn't like before like it was there's some people I played with for running was a passion they would go out for five mile runs like outside of like as part of just like their training and that wasn't me um so yeah it's like crazy was there a time when it clicked that you remember specifically where you were like, I want to do this full-time. I want to be a run coach. Or was it something that just like gradually came up? Yeah. So it was kind of a little bit of both. So back in the day, um, I did, I did beach body. So I did like the multi-level marketing thing and anybody listening to this totally not like downplaying if anybody does that, but, um, I think it served like a purpose for me. Um, you know, I would do those like challenge group things. And like, what would always excite me the most was answering questions for people who, um, were runners and they're like, Hey, so like when I'm following this like program, like when should I like fit this into like my training? And I realized that I really liked, like, I really liked like the runner side of things. Um, and then I stopped doing that. And then I was like, okay, I think I, I want to become a coach. I think um, but I didn't really know what to do like business-wise. So I started following, um, or I joined this one like business program. What was it called? Like I heart my life or something like that. <laughs> this girl, she takes you through like a program and it teaches you how to, um, how to start your own like business, um, and an online business. But I had to navigate, like a lot of people didn't really know what they wanted to do. So some were, maybe trying to explore like the wellness space and all of that. And then it was through that, that I was like, okay, I want to start a business. Um, and I didn't even finish the program. Cause at the time I didn't have the money to finish the program. Um, but I got through, I think like half of it. And then that's when I kind of did things more on my own. So I started the LLC. Um, and then at that point, that's when it was called run to health. Um, and then yeah, I worked with a couple people. And then as you guys know, like it was not long after that I wanted to be able to do it with somebody else. And I linked up with Christine and talked to her about going into business together. And she's like, yeah, we're rebranding though. Like this, <laughs> we need to change a lot of things, like <laughs> including that name. Um, but yeah, we really made it like our own. And then that's when things kind of flourished. But yeah, I would say it was kind of like a slow burn on um, it really like clicking. Right. That's awesome. I love that. And I I love too, that obviously you've been so monumental in mine and Michaela's journey to where we are currently, but just 
you and me specifically, I feel like our journeys are so similar because I started out with run it out coaching, which was a very cringe name. Was that the name? I don't think I even knew the name of yeah. your uh, program. I That's didn't cool. talk about it a lot because I was embarrassed in the name because I couldn't <laughs> think of anything cool. So uh, <laughs> um, we all, we all have those moments. I'm saying, I'm saying. So yeah, I started that. And then I, I remember like you helped me through that moment and I did the exact same thing to you. I was like, I don't want to do this alone. Like I want to do it with someone one and you were like somebody will come like you'll find that person that just clicks and you want to do it with and then I met up with you in Chicago for the marathon and met Michaela in person and I was like she's it (laughs) 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 so it's like a very similar story and it's so cool to see what you guys have grown and see where we are and I don't know it's just a really cool full circle experience Yeah, no, it is really cool. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, I'm just like so grateful. And I think like I always tell you, like, I I love that you guys are doing it too, because there's so like, like, I share this with you, Erin. And we even talked about it, Michaela, like with me, us and like, Christine is like, there's so many runners out there. Like there in my mind, like there needs to be more of us, like there needs to be more of us out there. Like there's people that are going to be like good fits for us, like in terms of like run coaches and stuff like that. So, um, I love that you guys just like, again, went for it and are doing it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that for us. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I know you're coming back from an injury. So tell us a little bit about your journey with your injury, how it started, what happened and what the process has kind of looked like. Yeah. So it was back in early 2019, I'd rolled my ankle out on a snowy run in February. Um, and at the time I didn't, it was one of those ones that it like stops you in your tracks. You like, you're like, ah, but then I was able to like finish the run. I was running with like friends really early in the morning. Um, and then it was a couple weeks later, I remember doing a workout and during the workout, my ankle had started to hurt and I had Achilles tendonitis before on my other ankle. That was an overuse injury from doing too much too soon, um, in that training cycle. So it kind of felt similar and I was like, okay, I guess this is it. Um, but I didn't go to PT right away, which is like, something I'm going to stress a lot on here today. No, but I, I didn't go to PT. Um, I sporadically went to, um, like my ART doctor and they would like work on it and stuff like that, but it just like really lingered. And so I remember I had, so that was February. Will and I went away for baseball season. We were in New Jersey at the time. And so that was one thing that I think was also difficult navigating. This was, um, like, because I would move every six months, like I, it was hard for me to then like go to these new places and find my, like my team, you know, like PT, like all those people, it was always like really hard. And as you know, it's like not every sports chiropractor you meet, not every like physical therapist are all like going to be great. Um, and so that was like really difficult. Um, and I didn't find one that I liked out there. Um, that was like helpful. So I had gotten an MRI the MRI didn't show very much. It just said like fluid in my ankle joint. And I was like, okay, this feels like more than that. Tried like wearing a boot for a while. So it was a lot of like trial and error. Um, and then when I came back from that season in October and we were back in Pittsburgh, that's when I first got a PRP injection. I was linked up with a really good, um, sports med doctor, uh, who was a runner himself and everything. So the PRP didn't think that it did very much for me to be honest with you. Um, and then I did eventually, I had tried like physical therapy, uh, for six weeks and then, and I did P or another round of PRP at that time. Um, and this was like a long time, like in between that time I had, I managed like kind of going through a little mini training build. Like when I, when we were stuck in Florida, like during COVID, um, where it's like, if I, okay, if I ran on a really flat route that wouldn't flare it up, if I taped my ankle with KT tape. And if I like tried to like ice it and do stuff every day, then I was able to like squeak out, like doing like training, like I normally do. Um, and then, but then something would always happen. Like I would get through like 10 weeks of doing that. And then migrating injuries would happen where it's like a big ankle flare up or something on the left side, like the opposite side, I'd have like a hamstring issue. So a lot of stuff was just going on. And after a couple years of that, that's when after one of his seasons, we came back and I was like, I came back early actually to like really figure this out. Cause my hamstring was still bothering me. And I was like, okay, like I need to stop pretending that 
this is normal. Like this is not normal. I've been dealing with this ankle injury for going on three years. That's not normal. And I need to stop band-aiding it and like actually address it. So I got a follow up. Um, what's it called? MRI. And that showed two fully chronic tear ligaments, like torn ligaments in my ankle. Um, and then I came home and I, uh, got PRP. I committed to six weeks of physical therapy. Um, not with the person that I work with now, which is like Lauren. Um, and then I was like, after that, if it doesn't work, like, cause I also had a consult conversation with a, um, orthopedic surgeon and he was like, your ligaments aren't torn. They're just like really stretched out slinky. So your ankle <laughs> is just flopping around and like, there's no stability because I was frustrated. I'm like, and even in, when I did those six weeks of PT, I'm like, I'm here like three times a week. Why can't I balance on this ball better? <laughs> and, and there was no stability there. And like PT, even no matter how much you strengthen stuff around it, it wasn't like shortening those ligaments back to where they were. So that's when I decided on surgery. And I was just like, so relieved and excited to do that. Um, but yeah, it was like a hard journey, like very emotionally exhausting more than anything to get there. Yeah. Wow, I'm sure it sounds like it. It's <laughs> yeah. And it was such a long process too. So, and I'm sure it was super reassuring too, to get that follow-up MRI and see that like, yeah, something is yeah. actually wrong. Like you knew in your, at your core, something was wrong, but I feel like getting that final diagnosis is like, okay, let's do it. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, this is legit. I think what's hard too is, is when you, when you do seek out second opinions, these people are going to obviously hold a heart wholeheartedly believe in like, in what they're practicing. So the sports med doc was like huge believer in regenerative medicine and was really pushing the PRP and was saying like, um, also said he didn't feel like they, my ligaments were chronically torn but did feel that PRP could like help like heal my ligaments and get them back. And he was just like telling me to really avoid surgery. Like if I can, because of X, Y, and Z. And so I had that on one side and then this surgeon on the other side saying the total opposite. And so that was one thing where I'm like, I just want someone to tell me what to do. Like this is in your court and I'm being told two different things. So that's where it was really hard. But the reason why I went the PRP PT route first was because I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this. And then at least I know like with the surgery, I wanted to go into that decision knowing I truly tried everything that I could. So even though it was really hard, like I wouldn't have changed that route, like any other, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm sure that obviously like, I don't know the financial side of it, but I'm sure that like the surgery is way more expensive than the PRP and the PT. So like, yeah, opportunity to try something that you know, may not be the right answer, but it's a step one in the process. So yeah, uh, I think that that's, you know, I feel like a lot of people go through that as well. So what would be a piece of advice that you would give someone who may be going through the same process as you right now, where they have so many people giving them so many different pieces of advice and they don't really know what to do, but they know something is going on. What would you, what would be a piece of advice that you would give them? Um, I'm trying to remember what really helped me at the time Um, with like make, actually, I do remember what helped me making that decision. So with the sports med doctor, I had like, I knew him. He's a, he's very well known, um, very well recommended. I knew him, like had was referred to him from like multiple, like local, like running friends too. And so I felt this like tie to him and like, he was very, um, like support, like wanted me to get back to doing all these things. And so I almost feel like I knew that I wanted to do the surgery route, but I almost was entertaining the idea of like continuing to try his methods because it's like, I felt bad if I didn't. And so Mm -hmm. I think like, um, something that was really helpful, somebody had recommended this, like, um, uh, what was it called? It was a meditation, like a cord cutting meditation. Um, and to like practice, like through that meditation, essentially it's like, you're detaching. Like she had me detach from like the relationships, like friendships that I had and be able to like, look at my situation, um, as just the facts and what it is. And so when I was able to do that and like detach from my past history and everything that I went through and all the training and the ups and downs, and just look at the facts, that's what helped me make that decision to go to surgery. Because 
at the end of the day, I'd been dealing this for three years. I tried physical therapy. I tried two rounds of PRP, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it wasn't working. And so it's time to like take this next step. So I would recommend doing that. Um, just try to like detach from the emotion side of things. Um, because that journey, I think a chronic injury journey can be really emotion. It is emotionally exhausting and draining. And, you know, you get used to this pain, it becomes your new normal. And so being able to try to like do something to remove yourself from that was like really, really impactful for me. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And also just from like a healthcare perspective, like advocating for yourself and what you need versus like what everybody else is telling you that you need or what they think like their opinions are. Um, But I think just not ignoring those red flags of like, hey, I'm persistently flaring up, things hurt, you know, something has to change. And I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. just continue to normalize (laughs) those feelings of like discomfort as, you know, just aches and pains. And it's like, well, at what point do you decide that it's like something deeper than that? And in your case, you know, it ended up being surgery. So let's talk a little bit about the mindset side of things, because you started running, you had Boston on your mind, you're like, all right, I'm ready to do this. So tell us a little bit about, you know, surgery, and just like that mental and emotional process, and like how much time you had to take off running and kind of what that looked like. Yeah, so after my surgery, um, which that was pretty smooth, what was nice is I came out of surgery with a boot on and crutches, I just wasn't um, fully weight bearing at first. So what is nice is with my surgery surgery in particular is they basically think since things were stretched out, they just had to flop it over, <laughs> tie like sew it together, and then everything had to heal. It wasn't totally torn where I think that that recovery would be longer. So um, after getting the surgery, forget how much time I had off from running. Um, I got it in the middle of November. I didn't start running until end of January, probably early February, I think is when I first started running again. Um, so still like a good amount of time. Um, but that during, in that in-between time, it was really hard for me mentally. So jokes aside, when I was talking about like Pittsburgh, not seeing sunlight in a while, um, like that's how it was last year too, not as bad as this year, but, um, it was just like a, a good time of year to get surgery. Cause not a lot's going on, but at the same time, um, just like that gloomy weather and everything was really hard. And, um, I couldn't really do quite as much. Um, we watched a lot of Netflix shows. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I did. got into cooking. So one thing that I did do was I told myself that I was going to focus on the things that I could do to help myself feel faster and still feel really good. So that's when I was excited to put my time and effort into cooking um, and making different things. Um, so that was one thing. And then also diving into my business, not saying I wasn't doing that before, but just be able to have more time for projects and and other things that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have as much time to do when I'm training. Um, so really tried to do that. And a friend also recommended to me to still get outside for 15 minutes every day, even if it's snowy, um, and I can't do like move around too much, um, just because that fresh air, and everything can just be good for you. Um, So I would do that too. But Will would also try to get me out of the house, even if it was to go to the mall to like shop for something. Um, But we noticed because I was really grumpy. And (laughs) he was the one day he just said like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I love you. I don't know. And then we back to <laughs> like, when did this start? Cause like, I don't know where I just get mad at him at everything. Um, and then we were like, wow, that was when before, like right before I got surgery. Cause I didn't even, I stopped running before surgery too. Um, but it was right around surgery when my mood was different. And so that's where we just made efforts for me to still like get out and just focus on what I could do. Yeah. And I, (laughs) I feel like only runners understand this, but if you're not running, it's so stressful. A lot of people are like, oh, you have so much time on your hands. Like you can do whatever you want if you're not running. And it's like, yeah, I want to be running. Like I don't think so it's really hard to adjust to that. Yeah. And when I was able to, when I got clear, well, PT was exciting because I felt when I was able to get my boot off and drive, I just was having the best day of my life that day. And then going to PT, um, I'm like, man, this is my my big thing this week or twice a week. I'm going to see Lauren and work on stuff. But 
it was just exciting to be able to know that I was doing something to help myself move forward. And then once I got cleared to do other things, um, strength and things like that, that wasn't running yet. That's when I joined a Pilates studio that was Matt Pilates. So um, I was able to modify it super easily. And that was something I've always wanted to try to do before, but just never had time to. Um, So that was also really fun to just do something different. I'm not one that normally goes to group fitness classes, but I really was enjoying it. So that like was something that was also enjoyable. So that's something else I would recommend to like anybody who's in that like weird season where can't run yet, maybe you can do more is just to like find something else that is like fun to try. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you found like beauty in like the discomfort. It's like, what can I do to fill this time to like still make the most of it and not play victim to this injury and being in this boot and really just finding the bright side. So I remember following you on like social media around that time. And it was just so cool to see how much patience you had. I feel like every time I saw you going to PT and like once you started running again and just being able to hold back, right? It's like, you can't just start running the paces that you were running or the distances that you were running before. Like, and I remember just seeing you sharing those small wins, getting your boot off, walking for the first time. I'm like, damn, like she, so much Mm -hmm. patience. (laughs) Oh girl. I, what I will say is like, all right. Cause I think that patience is actually a strength of mine. Um, when it comes to training, yeah, I'm life. I'm not, it's not like I'm not impatient in other areas of my life, but, um, in training, it was from navigating injuries prior. And I think that's one thing that helped me chill a little bit, even though it was hard mentally in the beginning, because I just wasn't moving. Like I'm someone that I played again, I played soccer since I was five. Like I'm always used to doing something and to go from that to just nothing. That is what was really hard. Um, but with the running side of things, I have gone through those situations of taking an extended period of time off and then see myself be able to start over, build back and get faster and stronger than I was before. So I think the one thing that was in my favor, even though not fun to like go through those experience to get to that place was just having this, this sounds cocky, but I just had this confidence in myself that I always would tell myself and even I would journal about it is if my body is healthy, the sky's the limit. I just need my body to be in one place. Like I really believed in myself. And so, um, that's what I would just try to remind myself is if I can continue to like be healthy, then I can still achieve these goals. I don't know how long it's going to take me to achieve them, but I know that I'm patient. I know that I'm consistent. It also helps that I work from home. So I can't like not acknowledge that where because of like my life and stuff, it allows me to be consistent. Um, but yeah, I just like had this confidence of like, we're cool. Like, um, I'm just going to take my time and it's going to be okay. I'm not going to put timelines on things. And Lauren would have to reel me back. Like I remember going out for an easy run when I was like able to do three or four miles consistently without walk breaks. And I tried to like cardio wise, I was kind of feeling better. So I was doing like my normal easy run pieces, but then my ankle started to like ache. And I'm like, but Lauren, I feel great. Like cardio. She's like, but Tony, like your ankle's like, (laughs) we're not here yet. Like that also needs to get used to the stress of everything too. Like, it's not just like how you're feeling up here. So um, there was definitely learning curves with that as well, but still I was like, okay, it's fine. And then I would go back to taking it easier, but it was hard. It was hard, but if you could like write me a book on how to be patient, that'd be really cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a strong point of view. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you blurbs every day. Love that. Okay. okay. A copy of Tony's journal. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> No, but I think that's such a beautiful reminder to all athletes that it's not just about physically running. There's a mental component to training that a lot of people just tend to skip by or devalue. And there's like, there's so much value and doing that mindset work and that belief work. Like everybody should have, every athlete should have that confidence of like, the sky is the limit. I can do absolutely anything I put my mind to with the right intentions, mm-hmm. you know, and the right support, you know, having people in your little team, like you were saying, the PT and the sports med doctor and Christine, I'm sure was a big, you know, role. In that oh yeah. Husband. And so it like takes yeah. a village. <laughs> absolutely. It really does. Like it's not just one or two people, like it's multiple people that help you navigate just any challenge that anybody faces in life. It's not just one, like it's multiple people that help you. Yeah. And I know that I personally have had a lot of athletes reach out to me recently about being in this, like, off, not, I don't want to say off season because it's not like a not running season, but a season that just isn't what they're used to. And whether that be yeah. 
coming off of an injury or building back up post-injury or just life happening and like being in this weird, like, I know I want to run, but I don't know what it looks like. And I know that it doesn't look like what I normally do, but I need it to look like something. I think that speaks a lot that no matter what season you're in, there's something for you and you just have to play around with it and find what works for you. And if, you know, for you building back up post-injury, that looked like slowly moving your body to get it to the point that you wanted it to be at. And, you know, for somebody who's going through like a big life change, maybe it's toning down a little bit and not and training for maybe a 10 K or a five K and just kind of meeting yourself where you are at that moment. Oh yeah. That's like the best thing that people can do. And I think it's really hard to just because if you do have that comparison of like prior self or like close friends, even like or family, like people, people that you follow, like that kind of stuff. Cause we can't ignore social media. It's not a thing. We know all the ins and outs about everybody's like training <laughs> <laughs> like for now That's... compared to like a long time ago. Yeah. So I think it's really easy to do that for me. Um, I would have to, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I would have those moments where I would compare myself to like past self of, Oh my gosh, you did this. Like, this is your easy pace. And now this is your easy pace. Like, how are we going to get back to like, we do have these goals. So those moments would still pop up. But again, I think that one thing that was helpful in that process was being like, okay, this is where you are. And one thing I was really afraid of when I started, like I got to the point where I was building my mileage. My coach then started sprinkling in workouts for the first time. And that was like in the spring, I think it was May when I started early May, I started doing workouts for the first time. Um, And for me, like in the past, like I used to be nervous about racing when I wasn't at my best fitness. Um, Like I felt like I had to like, wait, it's like, okay, if you're not ready to like aim for a PR, like we're going to hold off on training or we're going to give ourselves more time. And this kind of like forced myself to break out of it because I realized like at my core, what I missed most was just like training hard. And it doesn't matter if like, like training hard is like, for me, I know what training hard looks like. Like it's doing a workout or two per week and like building up my mileage again, what the details are of that, like in terms of paces and things that doesn't matter. Like that's what I missed, like more than anything. And that was always the thing that I wanted to get back to was I just want to train hard again. Um, And so I slowly broke away from that, like fear of racing before I was at like my peak fitness and I got to race again. It was a 5k in June. It was like a father's day 5k. And it was honestly so fun. I didn't look at my watch. I just ran hard and I crashed and burned like, cause I ran too fast that first mile. And I was like, ah. I'm like, I'm killing it. And then like, everybody started to pass me in the sky, <laughs> pushing a stroller past me. And I was like, I'm dying. That's what I was going to get in that stroller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I hop on? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it was like so hard, but I like, I was sh- like crossed the finish line with everything that I had. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is amazing. It's what I missed. And did I PR? No, like my, it was a minute off of my PR. Um, but it was just so fun to like run hard again. So, um, and what was really cool too, is like, again, going back to that, like, again, and this sounds like really cocky, but going back to that belief before and like trusting the process, my fitness did come back. And, And that was one thing that was really fun to see is again, just sticking to the simple things of just showing up every day, rolling it with it when things pop up, because I had like, I did have a week where thing like something, my ankle surgery ankle had flared up and, roll with the punches, like life wasn't like crashing and burning. We're fine. Um, and realizing that you can still keep going and everything is okay. Like it, it was just, it was awesome. I love that. Okay. So you advocated for yourself. You got the surgery. You were patient, Tony, like you always are. Cause you're amazing. And you waited (laughs) work and you did all the things. And then you ran a bomb ass half marathon. Tell us about that. Thanks, man. Uh, it was really exciting. I remember getting off of my pre-race call with my coach or I was on the pre-race call with my coach and I started to cry because I was going to get emotional. I don't know why not even that time of the month, but I just couldn't believe that I finally like the times that she was telling me that I was aiming for, for that race. I was like, this is where I am. Like, there's no fucking way. Um, (laughs) and that was not something I expected because I went into, my, like knowing I was signing up for a half marathon with that same mindset as I did with the 5k where it's like, 
if I PR like sweet, but if not, like, I don't care. Like, I just want to be able to race. Like I just miss racing. And so for her to tell me like, yeah, I can see you doing this. And I was like, no, (laughs) Um, it was really, it was just really cool. And then the race itself was amazing. I ran the Columbus half marathon and I had ran that I ran the full marathon. It was my third one. And the first time I broke four hours. Um, and so I just had a really good experience. I had really good memories. It's sponsored by the children's hospital. So they choose, um, I forget what they call them, but it's like, they choose kids from the hospital and, um, each kid, like there's one kid at each mile and it's a kid that's like at the hospital. So they are navigating some sort of like challenge, whether it's a disease or cancer or something. Um, and so you get to learn and read about these kids and then they get to decorate each mile as like their theme. So they're out on course and they have a little hand and you get to like high five, like the foam hand and stuff. Um, and there's even, it's sad, but there's like an angel mile with like the parents and there's a celebration mile of like kids and family who like beat cancer and like all this stuff too. So I just wanted to go back there. And it also was like a semi-local race. Like I didn't want, I wanted the race to be about me. And I think it can be really hard with, um, because my business part of it is with being like on social media, I try to do a really good job of like sharing, but not oversharing and keeping some stuff to myself because this journey was really hard. And I'm even doing that now with my like training and stuff now that I'm going to be focusing on the marathon, but you know, wanting, letting it be about me navigating those ups and downs kind of like a little bit more quietly instead of out in the open. Um, and then even with the race itself, like it being something that like matters more instead of being on this like really big like stage, if that makes sense. Um, so that was also something that was really nice, but, but yeah, the race was awesome. I, my watch was off. So I remember thinking like, wow, I really fell off plan. Um, and I ran a one thirty six, which I was like, so excited about my goal was like a one thirty four to one thirty six, depending on the day. And I was like, really dropped pace at like one point. And I was like, damn it. And then I see the clock. I was like, Oh my God, and so, um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a great race. I highly recommend it, but, but yeah, it was pretty kick-ass. Like I was just so excited when I finished. I, I love all of that. My heart is like so warm for you and like seeing like your tears and how emotional you got about it. Cause I think it's just yeah. so cool. It's been so cool to watch the journey and just see, I love that you really emphasized you can be successful in business and have your own running journey. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times in a social media driven world, you know, we get stuck in comparison or feel like we need to share every little detail. And it's so much more special when you really save it for yourself. And then you just get mm-hmm. to be present in that race in that moment. And, you know, yeah, you're, you're so humble about it. It's like, I'm cocky, I'm confident, but I'm not here to put myself on a stage. And I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is nice. I, I, I used to be the opposite. I think that's why I struggled with that talking about the social media thing, because part of when I started to gain my following on Instagram was it was just sharing my journey day to day, I would share pretty much like every single day, take my little run selfie after my run on the track, <laughs> on the easy runs. Um, and then I would just talk about like what I had that day and how it went. And that was, that served like a time and a purpose, but yeah, it was just different this time where I just didn't, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't feel a need to do that. And there was times where I would share more details, but I remember the one day I had like my biggest like workout, long run workout of training. Um, and that's where I like saw I, it was the one workout where things just like clicked and like, Paces felt smooth. Like I remember writing to my coach, like it felt smooth like butter. And I hate myself for saying it, but I was like, that just felt so good. And I like I was not, I wasn't expecting for those paces to feel that way. And I just remember like posting, but just saying like, I don't even want to share the details of this. Like, but it was just like a really good day. Um, so yeah, it is really nice to like have that balance of picking and choosing what you share. Yeah. And then also having your own coach. Like, obviously you're that person for me and you have your own person do that for you because sometimes it's yeah. so nice having that outside person to look at you and be like, Hey, I know you, I've held your hand through all this. I know you could do this pace, but mm-hmm. for you personally, you're like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 not me. Yeah, it's like everybody needs that person and everybody has that person. And sometimes you just need that extra boost of confidence. Just be like, Hey, go out there and try it. What's the worst that happens? You don't do it. Cool. Nobody's going to die. Like it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I told this, I think I shared this with you, Aaron is, um, 
something that my coach has really helped me with is letting go of fear of like of racing perfectly. And so she was even saying with the half marathon, because there were certain pieces that I've absolutely like ran in training, but just the thought of executing that for a half marathon. Yeah. It was just still intimidating. Cause kind of, we've had the conversation about seeing certain numbers, Aaron, like how you get like when you're not used to them, especially when you dip from like a nine to like nines to eights. I'm sure even people, it's like tens to nines, nines to eights, eights to seven, sevens to six. Like you, when you first get there, it's hard getting used to that being your new norm and your new fitness. And so that I was getting to that point where in the middle of this build, I was seeing like low sevens and I'm like, no. And she's <laughs> like, don't worry about trying to have a perfect race. And I had a 10 K as my last like big uh, race, like before I would start to taper for the half. And she said, what's the worst that happens? You go out, you try to like play with this pace and then you need to ease up like, okay, like that's fine. So I did that in the half or in the 10 K leading up to it where I like went out hard and I had to like ease up and it was fine. Um, and I had that same mindset going into the half of, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I'm not, I'm not going out like an idiot <laughs> where right. I, I am going out too fast. Like I'm going out smart, but, um, but don't be afraid to just go there and sit with it for a little bit, see how it feels and then adjust if you have to, but you never know until, you know, you try it. So, um, and she, she always says, and I love this is like to not be afraid to go there. So, because you're never going to know how good you can be unless you go there, you know, whether that's in workouts or in races. And so that's kind of where I'm at now with running in general is just going there and seeing what happens and, and kind of not being afraid. Um, yeah. Like what could happen? Yeah. And I, I think it's, this is, I hope this doesn't sound like too crazy, like too, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but nobody gives a shit about you. Like that was my big thing with running. Yes. Like, I go out and I try and run this pace and I can't do it. In my brain, I was like, everyone's going to think I'm a failure. Everyone's going to think I can't do it. And then at the end of the day, it's like, literally nobody cares about me in my time. Like I'm the one that cares about me in my time the most. Yeah. And probably maybe you. Um, but you're not going to hate me. So it's okay. <laughs> no, it's all of you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, nobody cares. cares. Yeah. It's, it's the best so funny, message. Though. I remember after yeah. New York when everybody was like, you know, like when you go do a race like that and everybody's tracking you. And I think that was like one of the first things we talked about, Aaron, after New York was like, everybody's telling me congratulations. And I'm being a raging asshole to myself talking about how awful my splits were and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nobody cared or about nobody, what the splits yeah. were, you know, it's like, they oh, cared that you finished and you showed up and you did your best. Yeah. 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 And even our friends and family, like they don't know, like, they're like eight thirty. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Like they, uh, people who aren't running that again, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I and I think I remember you because again, big fan. Um, but I listened to your both of you guys like your podcast right after New York City, and I think I remember you talking about like something along those lines too. Is like you're being like a little hard on yourself, but then everybody else is like, we don't care. Like you're yeah. so like, everybody's just so flooding you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're flooding you with like, well, which is just so proud of you and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's such a good message that is slowly starting to get out there more because we all care about our own journeys. We just want to like do well and achieve our goals and that's great. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's understanding like they're not, they don't remember like what your time was like, or any of that stuff. They just remember that you did this like really amazing thing and that's it. Right. So it's like, go out there, go crazy, you know, not too, yeah. crazy, not too crazy, not too crazy. Not too crazy. We're not trying to crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yep. yeah. Just, just do it. Dang. It's yeah. Make the moves. Yeah. <laughs> just go there. <laughs> yeah. Just go there. Go there. Go oh, there, man. Okay. Tony, what are you most excited about this spring race season? I know you're, have you shared what marathon you're running? I did. So, um, the Bayshore marathon, oh, which yeah. is in Traverse city. Yeah. Nice. Which is where like my husband and I, like he played baseball there for three summers. So we lived oh. there a couple of seasons and got engaged and married there and just like, love the, love that area. So I actually spectated it like, cause we would get up there for the baseball season. Um, it was about like a couple months into the seasons when the marathon would be and where we lived on the peninsula, they would run right past us. So I'd like bring Brooks down on the street and we would just sit and like cheer for people and stuff. So 
Um, I always knew that that was a race that I wanted to run. And it's funny because at first I pushed it off because I'm like, it's the end of May. I don't want to, I was looking for this picture perfect situation for like my first marathon. And, um, I entered London and I had this like confidence. I'm like, it's hard for everyone to get in, but not me, (laughs) but I'm, I'm going to get in though. And then I didn't. And then I feel like there was another lottery. I also didn't get into Berlin, but that's okay. Um, the lottery is this year and they all, I don't know. I don't know anybody that got it. They're tough. They're, they're tough. They're extra tough this year. So yeah, after London, I wasn't really excited about other races. I looked at, um, I forget the other one in April that I looked at that was out West. Um, but yeah, nothing was exciting me. So I was like, okay, I'll wait till the fall. There's tons of fall races. And then I was going to focus on the Pittsburgh half as my goal race. And then I'm like, I'll just work on getting faster, which is like fine. And then I was just not excited about it at all. And then, then I'm thinking of, and then I was obsessing about the fall and making plans for the fall because I wasn't excited about the spring. Um, so it was like, okay, what can I do to help the time pass? So I have this thing I'm like looking forward to. And then that's when it hit me. I'm like, I'm not excited about running a half marathon this spring. And my poor husband, <laughs> like back and forth about, I'm going to run a marathon. No, I'm not. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're going to do this in the fall. Great. I'm so excited. Mm, I'm not going to do that. Hey, I'm going to run Bayshore. <laughs> that race I said I didn't want to do. So I was very back and forth. But then once I took a step back and acknowledged that I just like needed to lean into like what I really wanted to do. And that for me at the end of the day, I don't care about the time of year. Like, I just want to run a marathon again at the end of the day. Like I just miss it so much. Um, and I'm at this place in my training where I can like start to train for one again. So it's like, let's just fucking do it and have fun and it's going to be great. So nice. I'm excited. I'm so So excited. excited. Uh, tell me your run without telling me your runner. You can't make up your mind. about yeah. it. <laughs> I swear that's literally me right now. I'm like, I want to, I miss the grind, but also like, I don't really want to, I don't really have time. My husband and will to make a like spouses of runners podcast. And I think they have a <laughs> yeah. solid amount of content that they have to go through dealing with marathon runners. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know if you Oh, I think I just shared it with like my friends on Instagram, but Will texted me today because I did my, tr- I had had a workout, but it was on the treadmill because earlier before it was like sunnier, it was like snow and rain. And I was like, I don't want to do this workout outside. So I did it on the treadmill and he texted me like, did you crush it? I was like, oh, cause he like, I feel like it's uh, like, we can't ignore a lot of spouses who don't run. They're like, not like uber excited about when you're marathon training always. <laughs> super supportive. Like he is the most supportive person. He sent me funny little gift, like, cause was, yeah, I crushed it. I'm doing my cool down. Um, but yeah, not always. There's so many things that, um, they have to put up with, with us oh, when we marathon train, even like friends, like close friends who don't run. They're just like, Oh my God. Okay. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. You're not available Saturday morning again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Or yeah. Friday exactly. Or Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Tony, this has been so much fun. I just want to remind you how much I love you and you're amazing. I'm <gasps> so excited to see how you do in this marathon. I know you're going to kill it. Amazing coach. And outside of being my run coach, you're just an amazing human. And I really look up to you and all the things you do. So just want to oh. remind you how amazing you are and how much fun this was. No, this was honestly a lot of fun. Um, I'm available if you guys ever want to like hang out again and do this. Um, <laughs> no, but I, and I'm so proud of you guys. Like, it's so cool. Like what you guys are doing now. I said that a million times already, but I can't stress that enough and right back at you, Aaron. And same with like, you guys just make a really awesome team with what you're doing. So it was an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. Oh, full circle. Thank you so much, Tony. Yeah, anytime. Bye, guys. We know running is more fun with community, and we all need more people in our lives to share that crazy kind of love for everything on the run and beyond. If you have a running bestie who you think would love this episode and our Strides for Strength community, send this episode and follow us on Instagram at Strides for Strength. Until next time, friend, keep working towards a stronger you.